I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling. And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help. With the aid of my favorite wrestling show, this is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start, and current wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time. This week... We are mic'd up for the episode of NXT that originally aired on February 12th, 2014. In this episode, promos. Lots of promos. Like, like the main event is a promo. Yeah. It's weird. I loved it, but it's weird. Yeah. Welcome to episode 39 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Last episode, there were lots of wrestling matches, including the Neville Graves rematch nobody (laughs) asked for, and a strangely poignant contest between Mason Ryan and Sylvester LaFord. (laughs) This episode, as mentioned, is super mic-heavy, with some more Zayn Cesaro drama, a CJ Parker heel turn, and a surprise appearance from the Wyatt family. Personally, I thought all three of these segments were incredible, but we'll find out what Bob thought in Bob's breakdown. We will then gab our way through the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling, talk your ear off during the wrestling term of the week, and we won't shut up until we finish the Cheap Pop Quiz. But first, it's time to get the answers to last episode's Cheap Pop Quiz. Bob has two points currently in this our fifth round of quizzing to get me to read another romance novel. Let's see if they acquired any more. Question number one. Aiden English has a new song for us on the next episode, and he's showing off his modern nerd cred. Which celebrated 2000s geek musical is he pulling from? Was it A, Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark? Which is not the correct answer, but when I was looking up geek musicals, I was like, oh, there's a Spider-Man musical? Interesting. Oh, you don't know about it? Oh, I've never never heard of it before. There's a big reason for that, and it is because it was a disaster that I feel like hurt several actors in the process. I don't think it ever opened. There's a whole big dive to be had about that on a different podcast. Absolutely. All right, B, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. C, Repo the Genetic Opera. D, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode Once More with Feeling. Or E, Spamalot. Bob, you selected the answer B, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. And you are correct. Oh, oh, I wondered why that song sounded ever so faintly familiar to me. Yeah, his version was everyone's an artist in their own way, and and the original song was everyone's a hero in their own way. Question number two. English's singing isn't the only notable mic work on the next episode. Which of the following does not occur? Is it A, Paige comes to the ring to inform Emma that she's healed from her injury and that their women's championship match will take place at the upcoming live special now officially known as NXT Arrival. B. Sami Zayn and Cesaro come to the ring and discuss Zayn's request for a rematch, openly referencing their history with one another prior to NXT. C. CJ Parker turns heel by cutting an in-ring promo in which he blames the NXT audience for the destruction of the environment. D. The Wyatt family make a brief return to NXT, and Bray Wyatt cuts a promo about how they haven't forgotten where they came from. Or E. Just kidding, all of the above take place. 
Bob, you couldn't resist going for E. Nope, never can. Unfortunately, the correct answer was A, the thing with Paige and Emma, because instead of any of that, we're just announcing it randomly. The announcers are like, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. Paige and Emma are going to fight at the rival. So that's how we get there. Yeah. <laughs> And question number three, as if to drive home the promo-centric nature of the next episode, which wrestler appears in the main event? Is it A, Colin Cassidy, B, Mojo Rawley, C, Jason Jordan, D, a new jobber named Marcus Louis, or E, both C and D? Bob, you went with A, Colin Cassidy. Unfortunately, that is also incorrect. The correct answer was E. Both Jason Jordan and Marcus Louis technically appear in the main event I of this episode. I have so many questions about that quote-unquote <laughs> main event. Quote-unquote main event, yeah. With that in mind, it's time to get into this episode that we're covering today. So let's kick it off with Bob's Breakdown. All right, match one. Natalia, Bailey, and Emma come to the ring, and it's all ghost karate. Chop, 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 chop. <laughs> the BFFs come out, but Charlotte is on the outside. Alicia Fox is part of the fighting team with Summer Rae and Sasha, so I guess she's auditioning? Unclear? I guess they're just still not super into having her in the ring. Like, she must still be just really green. I mean, like, we've seen her wrestle yeah. before. They must have, like... I wondered, because I was like... She's fine. I don't know what the problem is. And Alicia Fox is really great, but it's not like you look at Alicia Fox and go, oh my God, like how could we throw this away to have Charlotte, the one who is a part of this group, you know? Yeah. uh, I don't know. It's unclear. Team Babyface starts out strong, and one of the best parts is that Natalia literally chases women around the ring and uh, pursues them at, at full speed <laughs> in a 20 by 20 space, which I really appreciate. I would never do That's that. Right. I would be like, no, you're you're only going over there. I'm not going to chase you. I was going to amble. <laughs> That's why I'm not a professional wrestler. Right. Once Bailey gets in the ring, she does a beautiful monkey flip on Alicia Fox, who sells every millimeter of her launch into the air. We come back from commercial and Bailey is now the face in peril with Summer Rae healing it up. But Bailey is being passed around like a congratulations on your retirement card at the office. So everyone is <laughs> really taking the time to put their stamp on her, you know, and the crowd is chanting for Bailey. Yeah. Rightly so. I was very pleased by it. even William Regal had a moment of going like, come on, Bailey. And it was like, oh, everybody likes Bailey. Oh, fun moment. Summer Rae bumps Bailey in the face with her ass, which was both evil and cute. And I really appreciated it. It was great. That was actually that moment immediately followed the bit where she's got Bailey like hung yes, over the second with row the leg and Summer is standing on the apron, puts the leg over and she's doing like the stretch. Yes, that ballet bar stretch. Yeah. And, uh, and then after that, she gets Bailey back in the ring by bumping her in the face with her ass. So I really good. enjoyed it. Bailey makes it to tag in Emma, who storms through her and then kicks Summer Ray and Sasha off the ring corner and Heels, I guess, are very sensitive to pushback, which is an interesting trait in a fighting scenario. So Sasha and Summer just <laughs> abandon Alicia Fox because how dare they get attacked during a fight? That's unacceptable. And Emma does her unsettling bridge submission where she locks the legs and then bridges back to hold the neck of her opponent in a way that makes my own neck feel very faint. And Alicia Fox taps as you would do. You know, I would tap, honestly, just to not have to watch Emma do that, because I'm so worried for her neck. I just, it's unnatural. (laughs) 
The Emma Lock is a great submission. It AKA is. the Moodle Lock. It's a great submission. Uh, this was such a rapid little arc with Alicia Fox, Miles. Is this just yeah. because most of what we're doing is killing time until Emma and Paige are going to fight? Like, it doesn't feel that we're doing anything to set up storylines for the women that are going anywhere, certainly. I mean, if we're just going, let's just keep Charlotte on the outside because we just don't know what we're doing right now. So there's two things that I feel like happened here. Okay. The first one is that for whatever reason, I guess Paige is recovering from an injury or something. Like mm-hmm. Paige just hasn't been on the show at all. Yeah. She hasn't been doing interviews. She hasn't been like doing any backs. She just hasn't been there. It's kind of weird. So for whatever reason, she's not on the show. So they're kind of folding Emma into this Bailey Natalia BFFs thing because Abba doesn't really have anything else to do right now and they want to keep her kind of looking strong for the title match. And then the other thing that's happening is that for whatever reason, they don't want to put Charlotte in the ring. Yeah. And I feel like this was building toward like a six woman tag team match. And the natural thing to do there was to do Summer, Sasha and Charlotte. Yeah. But they like didn't want to have Charlotte in there, so they built in the weird thing last episode of Alicia Fox so that she could then come out and be in this match, but they don't want Alicia Fox to be in the BFFs because she's not sticking around, so they do the thing at the end of this match where the BFFs abandon her and let her take the fall. So, like, it seems like they were trying to do some stuff in the women's division, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, their existing plans just keep falling apart, and they're, they're having to ad-lib. That's how it feels okay. to me. So we get a promo for Elimination Chamber. Just wanted to say they spent a long time on it. And as a thing that as an outsider in many ways, an inside outsider to wrestling, it baffles me how much money the WWE spends on weird construction projects that are only (laughs) just for them. It's like a movie set, but it doesn't do anything. Right. And it doesn't look like anything that is... Yeah, there's not it's not a simulacrum of something they're not like oh it's a set for a house they're like nah it's just a big old chain wall thing that we really wanted because it looks spooky yeah and you're like well i mean it also just looks like a weird kink club but you're not going that route so you just have a lot of chain walls i remember when the concept was first introduced back in 2004 i was very much a fan at the time of wwe and uh it was like really kind of cool and like unique and different um at the time and doesn't seem to have really yeah. aged all that well. It's gotten a little bit silly. <laughs> I like a silly one, yeah. so I don't mind it. But it is weird that there is Elimination Chamber, which is a specific kind of giant chain thing. Then there is Hell in a Cell, which you have to call Hell in a Cell. You're not allowed to call it the cell. Right. And that's its own chain thing. And then there's War Games, which I know NXT does. And then that's like also a thing. It's just various ways of using chain link fence. And I'm like, are you fucking sponsored by chain link fence, Co? <laughs> what the hell? How do you how do you have this kind of money? All right, match two. Aiden English versus Colin Cassidy rematch. Yep. William Regal is all in on Aiden English, who is starting out strong until Cass rolls out of the way of a leg drop. Aiden English is like, well, fine, I'll cross body you then. But Cass catches him like he's a stroppy toddler. And I thought this is where Cass gets the advantage and it's all good. But English wriggles out and does the director's cut, crumples Cass. Yeah, pins him for the win. I guess that's the end of that feud. Yeah, it pretty much is. They will have one more match uh, in, I think, April. I looked this up to make sure it was the end of the feud. 
But I don't think that match is like in the context of this feud. I think that match is kind of like something else just happens. Also, that match is broadcast in April, but it was like taped right around the same time. So it's just kind of like a weird extra match in the feud that gets aired later on. But for the most part, this feud is over. And I was shocked that it ended with just yeah. a straight up clean victory for Aiden English. I was really amazed by that. I love Cass and English together, but I don't get a whole lot out of them wrestling. Like, that doesn't do a lot for me. And I feel like that's kind of weird. Also, if the end of a feud is, like, called a blow-off or whatever, this was not. This was, like, spitting on a candle. (laughs) This was nothing. This was not anything. It is really weird that this was how the feud ends, like, especially because, like, Enzo has been such a big part of it, and he wasn't even there. Like, just strange. It really feels like this is a weird time for NXT, the injury department. Like, so many things they were trying to do is like, God damn it, another injury? Fine, all right, I guess we'll just (laughs) do it this way. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit, and they're just bad storytellers. Well, in-ring shenanigans. I don't know. I guess they're promos. Yeah, promos, segments, whatever. I think it's usually referred to as a promo whenever the people are on the mic, even when there's like two of them talking to each other. But you could also call it a segment or an angle or anything like that. Or a monologue. Or a monologue. Versus a soliloquy whenever you come out and do it alone. There you go. Oh my gosh, yeah. Those AP English terms. Yeah, I was going to say, getting the most out of that degree. Oh my god, I've been stabbed in the soul, Miles. <laughs> hey, look, it's not like mine is much better. <laughs> uh, Sami Zayn comes out in a band t-shirt and a flat cap because that is who he is. That's right. And we would not have him any other way. It's some me first in the Gimme Gimmies, I think, yes, is that's the correct. name of the band. That's oh correct. my god. I d- I've never heard of them, really. I, I've heard of them, but I've never heard their music that I know of, but the fact that Sami Zayn wears a shirt of them makes me want to be a fan because I think if I'm a fan, I'll be that cool. I don't think that's like how love transfer property, something like that. I don't think that's how that works. But anyway, oh my God, he's just a man coming here to ask another man to fight him. (laughs) He just can't get over you, baby. He's been scrolling through these old texts. Where did I go wrong? What did I do to lose your love? Cesaro comes out and is like, this is pathetic. Stop it. And his point is that Sammy can imagine all the ways that he quote unquote could have won, but he was absolutely never going to win because Cesaro is simply better than him. This is the hottest, most romantic bullshit ever. Right? Cesaro as the impossible to win lover who's just not having it. And Sammy Zayn is the one refusing to give it up. Like, I go to AO3 periodically and I am aghast every time, even though I know this, that there is almost no Sammy Cesaro fic. And I get it. No one was watching NXT at this time, relatively speaking. This shit is gold. How is there Ascension fic, but not Sammy Cesaro There's fic? There's almost no Ascension fic to be had. There's but like it two. exists. You're right. It does exist. How, how has nobody? I want to make fic of this. I know. I almost feel like I don't have to because it's so in the text. Yeah, I was about to say it, it almost feels textual. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't I don't need to. Why would I write fanfic about it? like it's clearly all out here. They're basically saying we fucked once and it was great. And Sammy's like, we should fuck again. And Cesaro's like, I want it fucking. I'm the best. <laughs> you are nothing. You will never be anything. Get over it. Sammy's like, no, I can, I can fuck better. You just wait and see. I will win it fucking next time. 
I mean, it's almost like they come to the ring and they're referencing, like, like I mentioned in the pop quiz, they're kind of vaguely referencing their past history in other promotions, which was a thing. They were both in Ring of Honor. They were both in Shikara. You know, like they have, they yeah. go way back. And it's almost like they, you know, Sammy's is like, you know, back in the day, we were kind of on equal footing and, you mm. know, we were together, we had this great relationship. And uh, then Cesaro kind of moved on to bigger and better things. And then Sammy kind of like joined him, but Cesaro was a little bit, you know, like the power balance is not the same as what it was, right? Cesaro oh, yeah. was a little bit on a higher tier at this point. They did fuck once and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But Sammy doesn't feel like he fucked well enough, and he feels like Cesaro needs to give him another chance, because, like, he's still that guy who fucks great, right? Yeah, and and Cesaro's like, no, you do. Not as good as me, though. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. You're so great at fucking. Congratulations to you. You're never gonna be as good as me. And it's like, I mean... Cesaro, he's, I mean, I don't want to say he's definitely right, but he's a little bit right. Sami Zayn's inferiority complex is right at the heart of his character in NXT. And it's gonna, it's a thing with him. And I, it really allows him to tell really compelling stories as a babyface. And I just don't think anybody, I'm not sure anybody does that character better where it's like, we know how good he is. But he doesn't know how good he is, and he needs to do these things to prove himself, because otherwise he just can't believe in himself enough. That's such romance fodder. Such romance fodder. I did want to ask, is this the start of WWE recognizing that there are things outside of the WWE universe, like going, okay, fine, we can accept that, you know, Sony has Spider-Man or something? Like, what... Is this what they start doing or? Really, the start of it happened a few years earlier. I mean, I won't get into this in detail, but you've heard of CM Punk, I'm sure, as in your time as a wrestling fan. So in 2011, CM Punk dropped a really legendary promo where he openly referenced other companies, wrestlers who worked for other companies, um, the fact that he might leave and go to another company. Which really wasn't done at the time and hadn't really been done since the Attitude Era when WWF at the time and WCW were like sniping at each other. Mm. Punk's promo, the the pipe bomb promo, as it became known. Ew, that's what that thing is. People say it to me and I'm like, oh, yep, yep, I know a thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch it in a watch party sometime soon, I think. Okay. Um, but the pipe bomb promo really kind of started that, kind of got its foot in the door of WWE, like acknowledging that other wrestling existed in the world. Which, at the time, it utterly refused to do. I mean, that was like, you know, and, and, you know, we've talked about, like, Daniel Bryan coming in. Everybody's like, how are you treating Daniel Bryan like he's never wrestled before? Like he was fucking Rick of Honor <laughs> World Champion. And so, yet, yeah, this is like what you're seeing here is a little bit more, oh, a little bit more, oh, we're going to acknowledge that Sammy and Cesaro have wrestled other places. We're not going to say where or what their names were or what the names of the companies were or what they did there. But we're going to allude to it vaguely. And over time, that door starts to open wider and wider and wider until like today, it's just all the way fucking open. That's awesome. Cesaro makes a good point. Why should he fight Sammy again if Sammy still isn't going to get the message and the tension tightens? Cesaro asks if Sammy Zayn is medically cleared to fight again. If there is another match, Cesaro doesn't want to hear any excuses. Sammy promises. The crowd starts chanting, Pinky promise. And the two of them, who were about to go for a handshake, stick out their pinkies. It's so fucking great. They get closer and closer. And Cesaro says, my answer is still no one kicks him in the knee. Kicks him in the knee. 
What a heel. <laughs> I know. And then NXT dad comes out and says, cool story. You're still going to fight because the fans yeah. want it. And also we're doing NXT arrival and I want to see the crazy shit you'll do. So get used to it. And I love this twist in a romance novel whenever you get a third force introduced into the relationship that forces them together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, incidentally, you remember JBL? <laughs> yes, I was going to ask you about JBL because I was like, look, I'm not complaining that JBL is gone. I'm very yeah. happy that JBL is gone. I thought they'd fucking mention it. And also, why the fuck was Kane the authority figure for a hot second and then Kane went away? Like, what? Is it just a revolving door? Kane, at least, is an authority figure on the main roster at this point because he's oh. doing the corporate Kane thing and he's one of Triple H's, like, lackeys. What? Um, okay. But... Yeah, JBL, the supposed general manager of NXT, is just, like, gone, and Triple H is the one coming out here making all these decisions. It's bizarre. It is. It feels like, like, your parents have split up and one of them is now dating, and, like, you just, <laughs> but you don't know who these fucking people are, and they're just like, hey, you should really clean up your room, and you're like, but who are you, though? Right. Like, I thought you were just some person, and then you're in this house now? Like, I thought we would, you know exchange names at the least before you would start making announcements. Yeah, it's very weird. And again, we're going to talk about this more a little bit later, but this is just a weird time for NXT. This is where <laughs> they're transitioning over to becoming a network show and things are changing. And I'm guessing a bunch of previous scripts are getting thrown out and rewritten. And it's just a... Is this NXT going through puberty? Is this what you're telling me? Basically, yeah. That's actually a really good analogy. Okay. All right. So it's just growing hair in weird places and it has a lot of questions. <laughs> That's right. All right. Fair enough, NXT. I get it. Like, suddenly you have acne and you don't know how to feel about yourself. And right. yeah, all right. All right. So match three, Ty Dillinger. Hey there, Sean Spears. Yep. And he's going to fight CJ Parker. CJ Parker does his little psychedelic dance. and It feels really half-hearted this time. And the mm -hmm. audience is sort of milling and chanting, let's go, Ty. Ooh, rough. They also start chanting purple power in honor of Ty Dillinger's purple briefs. Yep. There's not a lot to talk about. Parker defeats Dillinger in about two minutes with that it's pop to the quick. forehead. Yeah. Like, two minutes is generous. Yeah, I was like, it's probably more like 75 seconds. But mm. he does the third eye, that pop to the forehead. Yep. And he demands a mic and asks outright, which I thought was a bold move. Why don't you love me? I reduce, I reuse, I recycle. And he calls the audience sheeple, which I was very happy that he said that. <laughs> and then... I know this is a heel tactic to like turn on the audience, but I love that he's like, I should be booing you. You're the ones melting my polar ice caps. And he tells them that they're incapable of loving. You don't love the moon child. You don't love the world and you don't love yourselves. God damn. That is some deep truth to drop at a wrestling show. Like, yeah, what a fucking read on the human destruction of the environment. I can't boo him. He's right. I mean, maybe limiting to the NXT universe as the, you know, cause of <laughs> environmental destruction is narrow. I get that. But Jesus, I was like, I got to sit here and fucking think about that. Also, he drives a Ford Fiesta, so it's definitely not his fault. Um, yeah. Oh, man. He said that. Neil turned to me and he said, did they not have Priuses at the time? And I was like, <laughs> well... I kind of don't know whether it's because they had a deal with Ford or is it because they just thought a hippie wouldn't drive a Prius because it couldn't afford one. And I'm like, I guess I don't know what's going on. Yeah, not sure about that. I do. I, I mean, CJ Parker, you know, he's gonna 
He just needs a little bit of time to understand more about broader systems of environmental mm. destruction. Like, and mm. that way, maybe he will stop actually. I'm hoping he can harness this energy and direct it not so much against a specific group of people, the NXT audience, but against, you know, the larger institutions that, uh, that create economic destruction and propagate it. Um, we'll see if that happens. Yes. It'll be a compelling thing to see if that actually gets I down want that this way. so much. But I was just struck. I So I did my master's in EcoCrit stuff. So I'm all about the environment and like how we construct the environment and construct our relationship with it. One of the things about EcoCrit that is really important is that it takes humans and says you're not outside of the system. You are deeply embedded within the system. You are animals. You are part of it. And so you Shocking. can't treat yourself. Yeah, exactly. You can't treat yourself as outside of it and observe everything else as though it's a system that you are observing. Like you are in the system watching it. And so I thought it was such a powerful thing to say, you don't love yourselves. And like, that's why you do this. And I was like, oh, shit. Is mm -hmm. that is that what the core problem of all humanity is? Is that we just don't love ourselves and therefore cannot love anything else? And then I was like, oh, man, I got to go meditate for a while. <laughs> this is some heavy shit. Like, I can't do this at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Friday. Fair enough. Oh, I don't know if he wrote that himself, but if he did, he's a fucking genius. This is the most I've ever liked CJ Parker. All more to say about it later. <laughs> Okay, so coming off of that, where are we going? We are going to match for why the fuck are we having any of this? Okay, the Wyatt family comes back. They do the haunting entrance with the lantern. I love all of this. I'm happy to see them back. Luke Harper and Eric Rowan are just going to fight two jobbers. Miles, yep. what is happening? What is going on? They just left and now they came back to punch some jobbers and presumably leave again. Yes. In fact, this is the uh, official last NXT appearance of the Wyatt family. We already rang the bell for them before, so we're not doing it again. But yeah, this is this is the last one. Yeah, I don't know. It's unclear. OK, here's my guess. If I had to take a guess, here's my guess. My okay. guess is they're trying super hard to sell people on the Arrival show. They want the Arrival show to be a success. Mm -hmm. They want people to tune into NXT. The Wyatts at this point are on the main roster. They're super hot. They're about to go to the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view and have a match with the Shield, a six-man tag with the Shield that is um, one of the best six-man tags, if not the best six-man tag I've ever seen. Phenomenal oh, match. They are just really, really popular right now, and so I think they're just like, hey guys, you want to come down here and just like remind everybody that this is where you came from so that they'll get excited about NXT. You know what I mean? Oh, and they're okay. the main event because they're the fucking Wyatt family and they're one of the biggest things in wrestling at this moment in time. If you're wondering why I'm not covering this match, it's because there is nothing to cover. There is yeah. some slight scuffling and then a big clothesline for Blue Carper onto Marcus Louis, pins him and it's over. Then the henchmen hold Jordan in place so Bray Wyatt can do Sister Abigail on him and everybody goes, ah, it's Bray Wyatt, which I mean, it's true. It is Bray Wyatt and he's doing, he's great. On the Great mic, promo. he says, yeah, he says they haven't forgotten where they came from and NXT will always belong to us. But it felt like your older sibling who moved out and doesn't come around anymore is like, I still live here. And you're like, but but you don't. <laughs> what the fuck? What are you doing? This isn't your room anymore, which is like, I, I'm happy to see you, but I don't understand what you're why yeah. you are starting this shit. It and, works for me because okay. just because they're so good at what they do, like because he specifically is so good at oh, cutting yeah. these promos. And like, it's so important to just like consider the context of this, because in, 
you know, February 2014, the Wyatt family was just on top of the world. So, um, okay. because this is prior to WrestleMania, where Bray Wyatt uh, goes up against John Cena and, of course, fucking loses. And nothing is quite the same after that, because John Cena kills everyone. Prior to that, this was like, you know, the hottest act in the company. So I think it's just let's remind everybody that NXT is cool and that people like Bray Wyatt come from there. And if you want to get on in on the ground floor of some of these guys, you know, hey, we got this special arrivals coming up in, uh, okay. in a couple of weeks. Check it out, you know. All right. That makes more sense, because originally my thought was it's so weird to me to have an, somebody promoting a thing that they will not be in and say, but because you like me, you should watch right. this thing. And I'm like, but you're not going to be in it. And you're the thing I came here for. Why would I go watch the other thing? I can just watch you. Literally, you do the thing. But you make a good point. It's where he came from. And so if you want more of stuff like him, then that's where you have to go to find it. So yeah, right, I, I, can, I think it's I just the thing where it's like, hey, I'm I watch main roster WWE. These Wyatt guys seem cool. Oh, wait, they showed up at NXT. Let me watch that. Oh, hey, there's a pay-per-view coming up. You know what I mean? Or a special, whatever. Impact and AEW just tried to do that. And I, I'll tell you, I watched one episode of Impact and went, what am I doing? I'm done. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been so empty after watching wrestling. Well, thank you so much for that breakdown, Bob. Tell me what you thought of this episode overall. I liked it. But man, was I starved for anything that looked like wrestling for the most part. It's just, yeah. which is not the worst thing. I don't mind that. But it's just like, if you're going to put on a wrestling match at some point and say like, oh yeah, this is part of the storytelling. I would rather just not uh, like, okay, let me put it this way. I fucking love food. But if what you are going to put in front of me is a half cooked piece of bacon, I'm going to be like, you know, what? I'd rather not eat. Thank you. So like, <laughs> I would rather not have these shitty matches and like just have more great stuff that they want to do but i get that they have to have the matches because that's part of the whole deal so i guess you just have to eat the half-cooked bacon like i don't know it's yeah the promos were great i could have lived without whatever the hell else was happening for the most part that's fair i think the the sixth woman tag at the beginning was pretty good yes english and cassidy is fine uh, yeah. And then unobjectionable. Par- and then there's the Parker squash match, which, you know, really is just kind of serving to build him up a little bit since he's turning heel. And then we have the main event squash match, which was just nothing. So which was just a vehicle for Bray to cut a promo at the end. So, yeah, very strange yeah. episode on the wrestling front. Um, but in terms of the the talking, I thought it was really good. But oh, I totally, God, I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from. Well, it just made me go, well, fuck, I don't want the rest of the show. I just want right. the Sammy and Cesaro show. Yeah, really, that should have been the main. If you're going to do, like, not an actual wrestling match for the main event, then why not just end it on that, man? Because that was what the crowd was most excited about. I guess they were pretty excited for Bray. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, and rightly so. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's weird. With that, I think it's time to get into the sights, sounds and feels of pro wrestling. So, Megan, Bob, for this episode, what did your elf eyes see? The pinky promise moment. How could anyone not love that? (laughs) It's I love that wrestling is an art form in which you can, as a viewer, you can't 
change everything about it, but you can insert yourself and change the narrative in these little ways. And my favorite thing about it is that it is fun, goofy shit. The wrestling audiences tend to, by and large, to be whimsical and not especially invested in, like, the seriousness of the thing. And so, like, if you're there to tell a super serious story, they're not necessarily going to be there to help you out. But if you're doing something and you're, like, willing to kind of go with this sprightly weirdness, then you can get these amazing moments where Cesaro and Sami Zayn are both holding out their pinkies and looking like, are we going to do this or are we going to do this? It's uh, so fucking great. I love the moment where the crowd starts chanting that and Sammy looks at the crowd and like kind of holds up his picky and looks yes. at Cesaro and Cesaro you can just see him like should I do this? yeah I'm gonna do this a little bit he's like <laughs> yeah. I, you can see like the way they respond to the crowd and the yes. way they like make the calculation of whether or not this is a thing they should be doing and they're like yes we should definitely do this oh my god I love that so much Miles what did your elf eyes see so that was mine, too. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's the right call, though. There's yeah. nothing better. That is the absolute best thing to see. Yeah, it really is. Um, but since we already talked about it, I will just say we've mentioned this a little bit before, but Alicia Fox just is really fucking good at wrestling and everything mm-hmm. she does looks incredible. Like every wrestling move she does, every submission, every wrist lock. She pulls out another Northern Light suplex in this one, which she does the best of those. I was just watching her wrestle again, as I basically, every time I watch her wrestle, I think to myself, how the fuck could they possibly have misused Alicia Fox as much as they did? And the answer is staring me in the face. So, whatever. Uh, But she's great. Is she never gotten to have a, a title? She was Diva's champion. Um, but you know, okay. she was Divas champion during a period of time where we'll get to it eventually in women's wrestling history, but the period of time where she held the title was a real rough one for women's wrestling in WWE. And she never had the opportunity to really put on great matches or be utilized to the best of her ability because they weren't given any time. And she wasn't given really very many opponents that, um, could match up well to her. So watching her wrestle in NXT is pretty much as good as it gets in terms of oh her actually God. realizing her talent. Because she's black. Cause I mean, I have, they yeah. had very many black women. I mean, I know Sasha Banks, but Sasha, there's colorism involved in this as well. Like Alicia Fox has darker skin and then you get into that kind of racism. Have there been many black female champions? Not many. There are a few. I actually, uh, if you want to know more about that, I actually wrote something about it a few years ago. Uh, I love your It's on my website, universesofthemind.com. If you go to the bells and wrist lock section and scroll down a little bit, you'll find the piece I wrote about um, black women in WWE. Well, in wrestling in general, really black women specifically holding championships in wrestling. Um, But long story short, there have been a couple, but not many. And that's starting to change a little bit, but you still... Mm -hmm you're still getting people now like Bianca Belair where it's like, how are you not already making her a huge star because she's good at everything. Bianca Belair is incredible. Yeah. So anyway, what did your Vulcan ears hear? I heard William Regal say, I just want to protect the young man. I mean, look at his body. It's like it's carved out of Onyx. Is that (laughs) William Regal? Is that from a fanfic that you're writing? (laughs) (laughs) I was just so struck. Also, Onyx is black. And if there's one thing that uh, we can say (laughs) about Aiden English is that he looks like a bottle of milk. 
<laughs> He's very white. I mean, and you know, I as a person who has zero color to my skin, I look a little bit ghosty. You know, no shade on this, but also... What the hell, William Regal? Why are you out here writing this sexy fanfic, but also keep writing your sexy fanfic? <laughs> and Miles, what did your Vulcaneers hear? Shockingly, also William Regal, and actually from the same match. So before the match, after Aiden English comes out and does his song, Regal is all choked up. And uh, the rest of the commentary team is kind of ribbing him a little bit about it. And he says at one point, he says, I'm all cock a hoop. <laughs> I heard that and I really fucking enjoyed it. And I was like, what the fuck? You're, you're cock a hoop? And I looked it up and okay. it's a British saying that means mm-hmm. triumphantly pleased or boastful, happily oh. exulting, according to Merriam-Webster. That's so, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm pleased that William Regal feels that way whenever Aiden English is around because Aiden English's gimmick is chef kiss. Oh, I'm sorry. I just received a text from my wife who wants me to point out the fact that she actually looked it up. She was the one who uh, who oh. went on the Internet and looked it up. So credit where credit is due. Sorry, honey. Uh, you are the one who uh, who actually put in the effort on that one. Sharon, you're the best. Thank you for teaching us. Absolutely. And uh, it was nice to have Regal here to provide some uh, some decent moments on commentary in an episode that is otherwise completely devoid of quality commentary. Uh, Most notably in the case of Renee Young, who is just really bad on this episode. And I love Renee Young. Renee is great. And I was like, what are you doing? Stop it. All of you. All right, Bob, what did your human heart feel? I cannot imagine that we both didn't feel it. But the crackling tension between Cesaro and Zayn, like how could anyone feel anything else? It's just palpable. It's that thing when two actors click and they feed off each other's performance so much that you as an audience member start to feel like you've walked in on something. Yeah. Which is the best feeling as an audience member whenever you start to go like, ooh, I shouldn't be here. And then you're like, oh, that's the best. That's juicy shit. Oh, so good. Miles, what did your human heart feel? Uh, I had a feeling you were going to go in that direction. And so I I figured I'd let you have that corner. Aww. Uh, But I also, the tension between them is indeed crackling. Nothing you said is wrong, and I have nothing to add to it aside from the fact that, yes, Bob, you're right. Uh, So (laughs) what my human heart felt was C.J. Parker. You know, know, we had had Hub on a few episodes ago, and Hub went to bat for C.J. Parker. So much so that I named the episode The Other C.J. Parker. And I gotta say, Hub was right. Hub knew. I watched CJ Parker like when I got into NXT, like I watched him and I thought he was fine. And when he, you know, we'll talk about later when he left and did other things, I didn't really follow him. I never really cared to watch him wrestle. I thought he was fine. But what he's doing in this promo, I bought into it so hard. It made me like him so much, which I get is not what a heel promo was supposed to do. But like, I think part of it is looking back at this now, specifically after the character of the new Daniel Bryan from Mm -hmm. like 2018, 2019, where Daniel Bryan basically did what CJ Parker is doing, but better and like on a higher level. Mm -hmm. You know, he was WWE champion at the time while he was (laughs) yelling at crowds for their polluting ways and, you know, trading in his championship belt for one made of like wood and hemp. Because he's an environmentally friendly champion. And of course, he's the heel 
because this is WWE, and of course CJ Parker is the heel because uh, this is WWE still, even though it's NXT. But like, I just have so much abiding love for this character of like, why don't you cheer me? I am saving the fucking earth. Why is this so hard for you people to fucking get behind? And I <sighs> feel it a lot. I have a lot of feelings about it, and I am like, I am a CJ yeah. Parker fan. You know, I think I am now, too. I think I'm pro CJ Parker. I don't know that it's going to change how I feel about his wrestling. His wrestling is fine. It's fine. Maybe I'll warm to that as well. Who knows? Hub, you were right. Thank you for being so forward thinking with this. Uh, We should never have shamed you as we did. I don't remember if we did or not, but (laughs) probably. I would hope Uh we didn't. And uh, yeah, CJ Parker, you know, sometimes a heel turn is all you need, especially when you're an environmentally friendly character who (laughs) apparently like does their best work when the company thinks that environmentalism is a heelish thing to believe in. God, WWE is weird. I get that it's all about one man, but it is like one man's psyche played out writ large. Yeah, really. What a weird thing that is. I can't imagine we know more about any person in this world than we do about Vince McMahon now at this point. We're like, we have watched his personal fanfics play out. And that is bizarre. Well, those were the sight, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. It is now time for the wrestling term of the week. But before we can do this episode's wrestling term of the week, we need to hear a little bit about last episode's wrestling term of the week. And we need to do that in the form of Bob's fanfic, in which they will explain the term Mark. I apologize in advance, Miles. You will know none of these characters, I don't think. Okay. Uh, Most people won't, but I would hope that you'll go with me on this. I'm here. Let's do it. Arthur bustled into the cockpit with tea and coffee. Douglas and Martin were playing one of their usual games. Natralia, Martin offered. That's terrible, Douglas replied. Hedge. Ah, how did I miss that one? Martin groaned. What's the game today, chaps? Arthur beamed, setting the cups down. Douglas took his tea. Wrestlers turned gardening presenters. I think it's rather stumped Martin. Martin winced. No, no, I've got one. Uh, William Treagle. <laughs> Douglas snorted. Arthur's eyes lit up. Oh, William Regal, I've met him. He's lovely. He used to live down the road from me and Mum. Well, for a bit anyway. Douglas's brow shot up. You used to live near William Regal? Arthur nodded. Yeah, he let me meet his pet lizards. He sounds nice, Martin said. (laughs) And you weren't, I don't know, overawed or struck dumb, Douglas probed. At meeting the lizards? Arthur's brow furrowed. No, not the lizards, Arthur. At meeting one of the most important figures in British wrestling history is more what I meant, Douglas said. Oh, no, not really. But I'd understand if you marked out if you met him. He's lovely. And tall. Arthur patted Douglas consolingly on the shoulder and shuffled out of the cockpit. Martin chuckled into his coffee. Douglas gave him a sharp look. I would absolutely not mark out. He's not that impressive. (laughs) No, no, certainly not, Martin reassured. Brett String of Hearts. Mmm, Rob Van Damsen. So thank you to Kai McKinney, one of our patrons, and also my little brother, for suggesting the characters from Cabin Pressure. For a little Ah. bit of context... Yes, a BBC radio comedy that you can find online. It's concluded now. It's got 26 episodes, one for each letter of the alphabet. It's written by John Fenimore, stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Martin, who is a bit of an awkward sad sack, and it's great and has the perfect happy ending. Check it out. Also, if you are 
a $5 a month patron and you haven't had one or more of your character choices picked yet for a fanfic, please, please, please send in your suggestions. I'm running low and I want them. Thank you so much, Kai, for suggesting uh, those characters for us. I have never seen Cabin Pressure, as you suspected, but this definitely makes me want to watch it more. So thank you so much for that fanfic, Bob. It is now time for this episode's Wrestling Term of the Week. Yeah! And this episode's Wrestling Term of the Week is... Go Home Show! What? Alright, so we're now only a couple of episodes away from NXT Arrival, which is NXT's first live special. And they will be doing live specials intermittently throughout the year, usually like four or five per year going forward. Okay. And this means that we now have to start talking about the NXT calendar in slightly more traditional terms. So the standard model for wrestling storytelling, and Bob, I'm sure you've picked this up at this point. Okay. Is that you have weekly television, sometimes live, sometimes taped, depending on the promotion, that you use to advance your stories. And then you have your live specials, which traditionally have come in the form of pay-per-view events. Yeah. Now, these shows are longer than your television episodes, usually two, three, four, sometimes five, <laughs> sometimes five, too six, many, seven hours long. The matches are usually longer as well, and they comprise the bulk of the content and feuds either wrap up or move on to their next chapter during these pay-per-views. Wrestling has worked this way uh, basically since the first WrestleMania in 1985 with some experimentation. And for most of that time, pay-per-views were an incredibly important part of a company's revenue stream. Mm-hmm. You could charge more for tickets because you knew you were going to see longer matches and like more dramatic, important story moments. And you were also charging people just to watch the thing. So wrestling's financial model was basically you use your TV to scare up interest in the pay-per-view and get people to either buy it or attend in person. I mean, obviously, you also had like advertising for TV. <laughs> and everything. But that was like your primary model. The last episode of television prior to the pay-per-view is colloquially referred to as the go-home show. Okay. This episode is your last chance to use your television product to sell people on the big event, to send your audience home excited for the pay-per-view. It's also referred to as a go-home show because wrestlers usually get to go home and take a few days of rest prior to the pay-per-view, which is something they don't get very often, especially in WWE, where most wrestlers spend the days between TV episodes working untelevised house shows. Jesus. Now, NXT isn't technically a pay-per-view since it's airing on the WWE Network. And of course, subscription streaming services have largely rendered the idea of pay-per-view obsolete, unless you're AEW. Um, (laughs) It's another opportunity to dig the knife in. But the storytelling model works the same way, and the next episode is technically the go-home show for Arrival. It's a little bit weird, both because NXT is new at this and because when your TV is pre-taped, sometimes like shit happens where you didn't tape quite enough stuff. So the go home show is a little more commercial and video package heavy. But it's still very interesting to see how NXT uses this next episode to drum up interest for Arrival. Incidentally, a slightly lesser known term is the Fallout show. Okay. Which is the episode of television that takes place immediately after a live special or Mm. pay-per-view. This episode typically involves showing us the consequences of whatever happened on the show and kicks off new stories to replace any stories that the pay-per-view concluded. Promotions will often wait to introduce new characters, for example, until a Fallout show. 
The most famous annual example of a Fallout show is the episode of Monday Night Raw that occurs the day after WrestleMania, a notoriously raucous event that WWE frequently uses to debut new wrestlers or wrestlers that have been called up from NXT. They suckered me into watching it, I'll tell you. I just was too curious. I had to. So, Go Home Show and Fallout Show. Uh, Fallout Show just kind of a fun, like, extra term. Go Home Show being the main one. And the larger point, of course, being we are now officially getting into the standard wrestling storytelling style as it refers to like a calendar year, like how these things play out with TV building up to these big live events. Come back in two weeks for Bob's fanfic explaining this concept. It's going to be interesting. We're about at the end of our time, but as always, before we can get out of here, we have to complete the cheap pop quiz. Question number one. According to Tyler Breeze on the next episode. Oh, boy. What is the F word, particularly when used in regard to his upcoming opponent? He specifically tells Devin not to say the F word. Oh, boy. Is it A, face, B, fair, C, fine, D, fashionable, or E, fuck? I'm going to say face uh, based on very little. I'm just going to say face. Okay. Face is your answer. Question number two. Next episode, as mentioned, is the go home show for NXT arrival, which currently feuding pair of wrestlers join Renee Young backstage on the next episode in a moderated sit down meant to squeeze just a little bit more feud in at the last minute. Is it a Bo Dallas and Adrian Neville B Paige and Emma. C. Sami Zayn and Cesaro. D. Rusev and Xavier Woods. They fucking better not. Or E. The Ascension and a random (laughs) jobber tag team. (laughs) Oh. Oh, God, I want it to be E so bad. (laughs) Okay, but more importantly, I feel like it better be Paige and Emma because they've done nothing with that and the women deserve more than they've been getting. I'm going to say that, but if they have any sense, they should just have more Cesaro, Sammy stuff all the time as much as they can possibly squeeze in there, but I'm going to say Paige and Emma. Paige and Emma is your official answer. Question number three. NXT Arrival is a huge inflection point in the history of NXT, and it really put the show through some scheduling changes. NXT started airing on the WWE Network, not just on Hulu. Its weekly time slot, as a result, was switched from Wednesdays to Thursdays. It's the first time they've ever done anything live, so they had to plan around that, which is why the next episode has so many video packages and commercials, as I said. Like, NXT is navigating some shit right now. Oh, puberty's hard. And when you're navigating... When you're navigating some shit, it's easy for one or two little things to fall through the cracks. Oh, boy. On the next episode, which wrestler promises that they will be cutting a promo, quote, next week? Oof. And this promo, as far as I can tell, and I looked, never actually takes place. (laughs) Because next week is NXT arrival. Is it A, CJ Parker, B, Emma, C, Aiden English, D, Summer Rae, or E, Corey Graves. Oh, boy. All right. Could be any of them. I'm going to say Corey Graves because I would like there to be some kind of hanging ending to this thing with Adrian Neville that (laughs) 
that is so resolved and yet somehow we keep going back to this well. I would like that. All right. So your answer is E. Corey Graves. So come back on our next episode to see how Bob did on this edition of the Cheap Pop Quiz. All right. Well, that's about all we got for this episode of the Next Wrestling Fan. Bob, as always, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you for having me here with you. Uh, We got a couple of things to mention quickly before we get out of here. The most pressing one being that in the time since we recorded the episode that you just heard, in which we mention uh, Luke Harper, member of the Wyatt family, a.k.a. Brody Lee, uh, Brody Lee has uh, sadly passed away. We wanted to mention this in this episode just because it was his last appearance in NXT. It is an unbelievable tragedy on a lot of levels. It was just one of those senseless, meaningless deaths that really strengthened the argument of atheists. Um, (laughs) And he was such a beloved performer. Like, this probably couldn't have happened to a wrestler that was more universally loved and appreciated. Brody Lee was one of the good ones. He was unimpeachable. Like, his character, by all reports, uh, he was just an amazing person. And um, the wrestling industry behind the scenes, as well as in front of the camera, and what we see as fans of wrestling is poorer for his passing. This is my first loss as a person who watches wrestling. Mm. And I don't know what I expected from the experience. I certainly don't think I expected it to be somebody as young as Brody Lee. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it other than that he was very special and it was very obvious to me, even coming into it, knowing very little that he was special, that he was committed to doing something that no one else was doing. And that also that he was a six, five man who was not afraid to like get up on the ropes (laughs) and do some stuff that you're like, that seems unsafe. Not afraid to look like a goofus. He did some goofy stuff in Chikara. That was great. Willing to commit to a bit, all the things. And then also just really lovely in everything that I ever saw him in. There was no moment at which I was like, Oh, he doesn't seem delightful. Like, I saw him fight John Moxley and they were both covered in blood. And I was like, you know what? That Brody Lee, he's such a good boy. <laughs> we're going to do a watch party yeah. in February. You'll excuse us if January has been a whole event. Yeah, January has been a thing. I don't know if you all knew this, but uh, here in the United States, uh, January has gone by very fucking quickly. January has been both the entirety of human history and also one second of time. Yeah, we're actually recording this on January 19th, so hopefully as of tomorrow, the meteor parts of what January has done to us will be behind us. Um, Yeah, but but we're going to celebrate the coming of February with a watch party, and it's going to be Brody Lee-centric, so we'll get to see some goofy stuff, some maybe a little even bit of hardcore stuff, nothing too spooky, but yeah... Because he's kind of done the whole gamut. Well, I'm really excited about watching some old Brody Lee stuff. I didn't really follow him prior to his arrival in NXT, but after that, I very much did. And I can think of a lot of matches right off the bat, like top of my head, 
that are just fantastic and that I can't wait to watch again with you and with our other friends who join us for the watch parties. So um, keep an ear out for the announcement of that. Rest in peace to to Brody. We loved you as fans and uh, can't imagine what your family is going through. Must be simply terrible. Fuck anyone who tries to make this political in terms of like, in terms of the differences between WWE and AEW. Um, But I will say that I'm very happy for him that during his life, he was able to escape from a company that was wasting his potential and um, was able to go do some cool stuff uh, in AEW before he passed away. I'm just happy that happened for him. I wish he had gotten more everywhere. We will miss Brody Lee and uh, we're thinking about him. On a slightly more cheerful note, Bob. Yes. We have a new signing to talk about here oh, in the Next Wrestling Fan Federation. Absolutely. Uh, we have a new patron who, on the independent scene, went by the name of Kenning. I was thinking about what gimmick to give Kenning. Obviously, we have to repackage them. The name Kenning doesn't give me any clues as to as to gender, and even if it did, I've been wrong before. So uh, I'm gonna. Kenning I, is like powerful ancient house kind of energy. Kenning house. Well, so here, that's interesting that you say that, because here's the thing. So, like, I was thinking on the episode that you just listened to, Bob and I talk about CJ Parker and his wonderful heel turn and how we love the idea of of this, like, eco-warrior. And it's so telling that that character, CJ Parker, the new Daniel Bryan, whatever, is always cast as a villain. Mm -hmm. Well, given that we just had that conversation, Bob, I thought it would be nice to... uh, bring in our own version of that character who is unabashedly heroic. Yay! Ketting uh, is going to come into the next wrestling fan federation as Goodwill Green. <gasps> and I, I use the name Will because that can be either gender. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, they're Goodwill, but also Goodwill, you know, and then Green yes. is, is self-evident. Layers. Yeah, so uh, Goodwill Green is, is a warrior for the environment. And, uh, I like what you said about the ancient house thing, because I feel like Goodwill Green kind of comes from a long tradition of like <gasps> of oh, those who have been constantly fighting to make the, the earth a better place, uh, to increase our connections with the environment and our connections with each other. And but here's the thing in the next wrestling fan federation, that character is beloved. That mm-hmm. character is portrayed as heroic and inspiring and in doing so we actually are influencing our audience to act on some of the principles and the values that goodwill green espouses so absolutely goodwill green's role in our company is to be that john cena hulk hogan whatever type character but like in a way that convinces people to be less shitty toward others and toward the environment oh man That's right. Plant things for native pollinators and then also flex a muscle while you do it. Bob and I might have been talking for about half an hour before recording this outro about like the state of the world (laughs) (laughs) and like how to be optimistic in the face of all the shit going on. So that's where this is coming from as well. I think we need Goodwill Green in our lives and uh, I welcome them into our promotion with open arms and uh, thank them for their efforts in making the world a better place. I am very curious if perhaps Harley Hale and Goodwill Green might find some way to like regreen the wastelands. That's interesting. I feel like that might be a thing where it's like 
they feud and then they team up. You know what I mean? <gasps> Absolutely. Fight desertification. Always love an enemies to lovers. Always oh, love an enemies 1, to lovers. thousand percent. So, yeah, we can make that happen. Keep an eye out. Again, I keep saying this every episode, but really this time, keep an eye out for the Ill Omens thing that we're doing with our patrons. It really is coming. We are uh, trying to make it as good a product as possible. So uh, that will be here sooner rather than later. Oh, my goodness. And speaking of as good a product as possible, Mm. the postcards that we're going to be sending to the $10 patrons. Oh, man. We're looking at the art for it. It's really beautiful. Sasha Banks looks unbelievable. It's gorgeous. So I cannot wait for those to be finished. The art is still being finished up. And then we have to get that to the printers. And then I don't know how you and I are going to both sign them. Either we have to mail them to one another or we have to meet at a third location and stand far away from each other and sign things in the middle of the desert between two sides <laughs> We can meet receive- at that one, that giant rock that somebody spray painted Fraggle on. We can meet there. <laughs> we can meet at the thing. Yeah, the thing. We'll meet at yeah. the thing. If you're uh, not from around here, that's a reference to a thing that's from around here. You can look it up. Yeah, if you receive a signed postcard with both Bob and my signature on it, you can rest assured that effort went into that, that we moved heaven and earth to get both of our signatures on that motherfucker. So oh, yes. You will receive one of those postcards if you are a $10 and a patron. Of course, if you would like to be like Kenning and uh, join our stable of wrestlers in the next wrestling fan federation, uh, you can go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash NXT wrestling fan. Contribute as little as $2 a month or as much as however much you want to. Uh, $5 <laughs> a month gives you early access. $10 a month makes you the next wrestling fan federation champion. Go over to our Patreon. Check us out. Thank you so much to everybody who does so for all your support. Thank oh you so much goodness. to everybody who yes. listens, regardless of uh, how much you contribute. You're contributing your attention, your time, and you're part of our family. So we really appreciate you. Thanks again for listening. And we will see you in two weeks with a new episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Bye! The Next Wrestling Fan is produced by Miles Schneiderman and Megan Bob, with logo design by Claire Mulcairin. Special thanks to Rafael Medina for our theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo. Also thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at www.incompetech.com. We're on Twitter and Facebook as the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us. You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness. The NXT Wrestling Fan is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com slash NXT Wrestling Fan and join our fantastic stable of contributors. They're the best. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at nxtwrestlingfan at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.
I have a lot of, like, fondness for the Elimination Chamber, even though it's kind of, you know... If I was trying to get somebody into wrestling, be like, oh, man, look how cool wrestling is, I would never show them an Elimination Chamber (laughs) match. But I I personally have a lot of fondness for it. I do, too, because I love... They just look like, you know, these men are just sort of, like, sexy, exotic dancers hanging out in little cages. And then sometimes they let them out and they do some dancing. I mean, they don't. They do fighting. But, you know, that's kind of the vibe of it. I but mean, hard to know I, with this. So, uh, yeah, but I. They're, sorry, they're I just record. realized I made the weirdest set of mouth sounds and then was going like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. How do you even turn that into a sentence? <laughs>